Casey's confidential. Casey's confidential. Welcome to Kansas City Confidential, a podcast where we hear from the people behind Kansas City's local restaurants, businesses, and personalities. Each guest shares their personal stories of life in Kansas City and discuss the brands they have built. I'm your host, Sari, and today's guests are Amber, Lindsay, and Ian. Amber and Lindsay are the owners of The Golden Scoop, a life-changing nonprofit ice cream and coffee shop. Ian is one of the many amazing super scoopers. The Golden Scoop provides innovative and meaningful employment for individuals with developmental disabilities and delicious ice cream and coffee to the Kansas City community. Every scoop of their made-from-scratch ice cream, cup of coffee, or inspired event is carefully designed to bring joy and purpose to the lives of all involved. Here to talk all about the Golden Scoop and the incredible initiative behind it are Amber, Lindsay, and Ian. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you guys on. I have been to the Golden Scoop and the ice cream is absolutely delicious. And I'm excited to hear all about the initiative behind it, and how you started this business. So Lindsay and Amber, I want to ask the two of you, you know, how did you get this idea? And, you know, was owning your own business something you had always dreamt of? Or is this something that came about just through fruition? Yeah, so um, owning a business was not something that I ever um, thought of. But 19 years ago, I was I started in the Olathe School District with a young man with autism, and I didn't know a lot about autism. We just made an instant connection, and now we're coworkers here at the Golden Scoop, which is pretty cool. So I worked with him for about a year and a half. Had a little pressure from. Um, Amber and I are sisters, so I had a little pressure from our dad to go and make more money. So I left for a brief time and went and worked for a local radio station here in Kansas City and realized that that was not my passion. Working with Uniquely Abled was my passion. So I was fortunate enough to go back to the Olathe School District, hoping to work with um, the person that I originally started with, but got a better opportunity to work with all age ranges. Um, And I did that for two more years and I wanted to learn more. So I went and learned ABA, which is a Applied Behavior Analysis at a small private school here in Kansas City. Um, I did that for a year and was looking for another part-time job. Came across a lady that was doing the same thing, but she was doing it in-home and she had a full caseload for me. So um, it was really cool because I got to work one-on-one with her. She was a BCBA, which is a board certified behavior analyst. Um, And so I just learned a lot. And I started with birth through three. Um, and then a couple of years later, my focus turned to young adults. Um, and so working in home um, with the families, the parents sitting closely um, in all my therapy sessions, just listening to their concerns. You know, what does their future look like? Will they have a job? Will they live independently? Um, so I approached Amber, who has a business background, and I said, hey, do you want to take on a little journey with me um, that creates a place that provides meaningful employment for the uniquely abled? So I did a little research online, and I found Biddy and Bows, which is on the East Coast. It's a coffee shop that started in Wilmington, North Carolina. It's a family that has uh, a son and a daughter with Down syndrome. We reached out to them, but I think that they were just getting started themselves and didn't hear anything back. So we started with just uh, the business plan being a coffee shop. 
Um, and then about a couple months later, one of my friends sent me an ABC World News report on Howdy Ice Cream, which is in Dallas, Texas. Um, I had the opportunity to talk to Tom Landis, who's the owner of Howdy. Um, at the time, he owned 13 restaurants in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and employed a couple uniquely able people within one of his restaurants. And he realized that they're more trustworthy, they're excited to come to work, and they're more reliable. Um, so he was like, I have to create a place that provides more opportunities for this population. So he started Howdy. So I went back to Amber and I was like, I had this great conversation with Tom Landis. Maybe we franchise with them. And Amber just kept saying, you know, Kansas City is so loyal to local businesses, Lindsay. We can do this here in Kansas City. And I was like, absolutely. So we, she ran with the business plan, but we uh, married Biddy and Bose and Howdy. So we're a coffee and ice cream shop. So that's kind of how the Golden Scoop got started. That's so great. So in terms of employing uniquely abled individuals, is it hard for individuals to find meaningful employment? And is especially in Kansas City, is that something that is difficult for those individuals? Um, I think there's a lot of employment opportunities. And I would say up until like a year and a half ago, um, and Ian, you can chime in here too. But I think that with the Golden Scoop being open, a lot of people have seen their abilities and are more excited and willing to hire the uniquely abled. Um, but there have been a couple of places in Kansas City that I know um, hire them. I don't know if all of it's necessarily meaningful employment because they're capable of so much. Ian, do you feel the same way? Yeah. I mean, you know, before this, I had, um, you know, some really subpar and sub, you know, unsatisfactory um, working experiences just because my, you know, condition, my cerebral palsy uh, wasn't really taken into account by anyone, um, aside from some family employers, um, which, you know, since they were family, um, that made sense. But I mean, I... Quite a few of my, you know, accommodations were not honored in the way that they should have been. So, you know, coming here was kind of a culture shock that my needs were immediately factored in. And it was just uh, an, an interesting experience to have that just kind of taken care of from the very start. Yeah. And Ian, what has it meant to you what the Golden Scoop is doing and having a business like this in Kansas City? I mean, it's, it's not, you know, a, a unique concept. It, it's, it's um, you know, been, you know, done before that people um, hire people with disabilities. But, you know, I, I think that the Golden Scoop does something really interesting in that they are able to kind of meet each employee on the ground and they are able to you know, sit down and ask exactly what they need and tailor um, their employment plan, their their goals, their their future goals, whether that's um, employment or, you know, social life or whatever. Um, they, 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 you know, really want to kind of address the whole person and not just, you know, what they can do as employee 506, or, you know, so that's, that's, really interesting and it, you, you don't really you don't really see that in many places where you are viewed from the get-go as more than just a just a generic employee. Lindsay and Amber, how many super scoopers do you have on staff currently? Currently we have 18 super scoopers. We started with 21. Um, we have 
Lucy, who's moved on full-time, um, we realized that, um, or, and a lot of businesses realized um, that our super scoopers abilities um, just from being open. So a lot of them have approached us about hiring our staff. So Lucy was brought on by KU, one of our partners, and then Ian and Jill also took um, other positions, but they're still at the Golden Scoop. So currently we have 18 um, associates. And you mentioned you're partnered with KU. Explain that partnership a little more to me. Actually, uh, thanks to Dan Cohen's 41 Action News, Jeff Navarre, who is the VP of Support Services for KU Health System, saw that news story. And two things stood out at him. First, how we served our ice cream. KU had never had ice cream inside their hospitals. Um, and the way we serve it, you know, he saw the speed and efficiency to it and also heard it was good. And then the second thing is our wait list. So last summer, um, last we checked, we had about a 35 person wait list to be hired on at the Golden Scoop. Um, unfortunately, we haven't um, been able to bring any of those people on, but Jeff saw that as an opportunity to hire people with disabilities. He understood what Tom Landis understood, which is that they're reliable, hardworking, and just genuinely good people. So he wanted to work with us on hiring our staff to come on to KU. Uh, we're still working on that plan right now, but it, yeah, KU, KU's partnership has, has really grown. We've been selling our ice cream. We started in two of their cafes, um, and now we've expanded to five. Um, and then, like Lindsay said, um, KU's hired two of our super scoopers, um, including Lucy. And um, that story is really cool, too, because Lucy approached Jeff on the day that we launched our ice cream at KU. And she just had the confidence to walk up to him and say, I want a job here and I want to bust tables. And she was very specific about what she wanted to do. And that just I mean, it it made Jeff so happy um, because he had at the time like 120 open positions that he needed to fill. He observed Lucy interacting with the patients and other visitors at the hospital and just fell in love with her. Um, and he knew that bringing her and other people like her on would just enhance their culture at KU. And so we're looking, like I said, we're looking at expanding the partnership. Don't know what that looks like right now, but Currently, he has 88 open positions at KU Health, and we're hoping to, you know, maybe give him a couple more. We're, we're, we don't want to give him all of our employees just yet, <laughs> um, but we are working on a strategy to help KU Health System, as well as any other employers that want to work with us so they can bring on just really valuable employees into their work environment. That's so incredible. That's so great to hear about, you know, Lucy and getting a job there and then just how that partnership has grown and how you've both been able to benefit from, from that partnership. And you've mentioned your delicious ice cream recipe. So I want to ask you, how did you come up with the recipe for your ice cream? We had a friend actually help us in the very beginning, put together the recipes, and then we just kind of ran with it after that. And then in terms of how the ice cream is served, you mentioned that it's, there's a special way that you guys are serving ice cream. Can you explain that a little more as well? Yeah. So when we, um, a couple of weeks before we opened, we had training with all of our associates and um, we realized that scooping was a challenge for all of us. 
Um, and so just to keep things efficient, we were brainstorming ways to keep them successful, but they still really loved scooping. So we decided to pre-scoop our ice cream into containers. Um, and I, it actually allowed us to have more flavors too. So this way that they can still scoop, but they're not under pressure. Um, and it keeps things running efficiently in the shop too. So that's, so we serve it pre-scooped, um, in eight ounce containers, six ounce containers. Okay. And then we have pints and quarts too. And what are some of the ice cream flavors you guys are serving? I mean, you know, we've, we've got your standard flavors, you know, chocolate, strawberry. Now, our strawberry is kind of unusual. It's, it's a strawberry ice cream, but it's got a strawberry basil jam mixed into it. It's really nice. Um, and then we've got, you know, chocolate and mint. We've also got some interesting flavors like uh, Jude's rum cake, which um, is more of a fall flavor. Um, and then uh, we've got uh, right now, it's a chocolate. Is, is it s'mores that, that, that's coming up? I, I think next month. So we, we, we do um, something interesting where every month, if you're picked as employee of the month, you are able to create your own flavor and have it have it on display and up for sale for the next month. I mean, that, that, that's really cool. And it, it always you know, makes you wonder what, what your flavor is going to be. So we, we, we've got 12 different flavors right now. And um, a few of them rotate, but most of them are, are they stay the same. And Ian, what is your favorite flavor of ice cream? I've had so many. Um, <laughs> I, I, I would say that my all-time favorite is actually it was probably one that was called Abby Joy. And that was designed by um, our uh, super scooper, Abby. And she is a huge fan of Almond Joys. We couldn't call it an Almond Joy for legal reasons, but um, we decided to be creative and call it an Abby Joy. And it, it has all the ingredients of an Almond Joy. So it, it tasted really good. And that's probably my favorite that we've made. That sounds delicious. And Lindsay and Amber, what are your favorite flavors you've had? Chocolate chip girl, anything with mint. So <laughs> we um, actually serve up something called an affogato where you pick mm. your flavor of ice cream and then you put two shots of espresso over the top. So I would go with the Jude's rum cake which is one of Ian's favorites and mine as well. And then uh, mix that in with the espresso. It's delicious. And actually kind of, we had our logo um, designed before knowing anything about what an affogato was. And it's interesting how that all just kind of came together. So the affogato ties into our logo. Yeah, I, I love affogatos. Anytime I see that on a menu, I feel like that's definitely one of the things I go towards. But I'm a very big ice cream person. I always say it's my favorite food group. So I, I love ice cream. In terms of the struggles that have come with starting a business, what are some of the struggles, Lindsay and Amber, that you guys encountered, you know, in the beginning, in the middle, currently? What are some of the things that you've had to overcome throughout owning a business? I think like just from the beginning and now is that we've just with all the support that Kansas City has showed us, um, we've totally run out of space. So finding just extra space to continue our mission has always been just freezer space and um, just keeping up with everything. So, well, when we were first, like when we had uh, completed the paperwork to become incorporated, which was like at the end of December of 2019, we submitted the paperwork for uh, obtaining our 501c3 nonprofit status. 
in January of 2020. And that's when the pandemic hit and we were told it would take six months. We actually contacted Sharice David's office and uh, they were able to get us the 501c3 tax determination letter in about a month and a half. So where there, where we've had challenges, I would say a lot of people have stepped up to help us. All you, I mean, all you have to do is ask for help. And if you're specific about your ass and everything, people just jump on board and, and they're ready to uh, just give. And it's amazing. So speaking of the support of the community, I know that I think one of the first weeks when you guys opened, I saw on social media, you guys had run out of ice cream. And I know when I've been that there is a line out the door So how has that felt, you know, that feeling of knowing that the community has been really supportive and has been behind you guys in in this business? I've actually written a few um, blog posts about this um, very thing, um, about how important community is. And I mean, in the beginning, like on our very first opening day, we had a line that went out the door around the corner and like down near Sprouts grocery store. Um, and that was really cool. Um, we, 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 we've, we've seen, seen a repeat of that a few, a few times over the year, just um, from various events. But it's, it's been really cool just to see uh, our, our, our base of regular customers start to build up where we have a large group of people now who are, um, they come in and they'll grab a coffee, they'll grab a you know cinnamon roll or some, some of the more adventurous ones will grab some ice cream early in the morning. And it's, it's just been really fun to get to know them and to be, get to know their names and be able to be able to greet them when they come in because they've come in so many times. You know, being able to have that community, um, th- that kind of core support from the, you know, the people around you is so important for a small business um, like ours, but, you know, it's, it's important for any business, but it's, you know, just really important for a small one because it, it, it allows, you know, your, your business to, to grow and in, in a way that's, you know, really, it's just important to have that support from the community. Yeah. And I think as a customer of, you know, local businesses, it's always so nice when you walk into a business and you can tell that the employees love where they're working, are excited and happy to be there. And, you know, any industry, it's especially as you said, with small local businesses from the customer standpoint, it's always, you know, you always want to go back to those places where you can just feel the joy and the love and the excitement in a place. And I I think the Golden Scoop really has that when you walk in and everyone's so friendly and everyone just is enjoying good ice cream and good coffee and just excited to be there. And so Ian, what are some of your favorite things about working at the Golden Scoop? You just talked about the community, but what are some of the other things that you really love about about the Golden Scoop? I mean, my favorite thing is the people. Um, I mean, specifically the the customers and the interactions you form, just to be able to form that rapport, to be able to find some sort of common connection. Um, my, my, my favorite thing is the new customers. That is that is where I am in my element, is the welcoming people in and finding out why they're there, what how, you know, how they heard about us, what what they want to do for the day, what what they're going to do for the rest of the day after they leave and you know just to be able to find that you know connection that can can draw them back because um, you know if, if this is a 
a place where you've had a, if you've had a good experience, you're going to want to return. And I, I, I find it really satisfying to be able to be a part of that. Yeah, Lindsay and Amber, what are some of the things that have been really the the best part of you know taking that leap and owning a business and being in, involved in the Kansas City community? I think for me, it's uh, had a lot of success stories just from like when they first started, we had um, staff that were hiding behind counters because they didn't want to be customer facing. And now they're out, even if it's just saying hi to the customer, it's still, you know, they've made progress in so many areas. So to see where they were a year ago and where they are now um, is just really, really cool. I agree with that. And then um, in addition, I would say it's been such a joy and pleasure to see the customer base and how everybody walks in. Everybody, I mean, with the country feeling so divided right now, you walk into the Golden Scoop, there's a huge diversity of people, you know, people in wheelchairs, people of, you know, different colors. And I mean, it's, it's so, it's just refreshing to see you know, everybody, everybody getting along, you know, and being happy and not allowing, you know, any of the negativity to get to them. And then, you know, if they had, a, we always say, if, if anybody's had a bad day, you walk into the shop and you leave with a smile on your face because everybody just wants you to be happy. And that's a, that's a really good thing. And that's what we need in our lives right now. Yes, I, I would absolutely agree with that. And so when the three of you aren't working at the Golden Scoop and doing things behind the scenes, what does life in Kansas City look like for you? I always love a good Chiefs game or sporting game. Um, it's just happy hours with friends. You know, we do, we've done some team building activities. I know this still kind of revolves around the Golden Scoop, but it's really nice to get our staff together outside of just the normal day at the Golden Scoop and just having fun. It's not necessarily, you know, all work and different things like that. So definitely like team building activities with our current staff are fun too. I mean, I, I, I enjoy going down to the city market, down to the river market, just um, tr- trying to get down there probably, you know, a, a few times a month just to walk walk around or go to the farmer's market. And it's kind of fun to go down there, ride the streetcar. I like how Kennedy has um, so many lakes close by. So you can go to a lake and feel like you're out in the country and just getting away from the hustle and bustle of the city. So that pretty cool. Makes me happy. Yeah, I feel like Kansas City has a good variety. Ian, I'm with you. I love the city market. I always love to go down and see the fresh produce and really beautiful bouquets of flowers. I always enjoy going down there when it's not a hundred degrees outside and it's enjoyable to walk around. (laughs) So an interesting question I always like to ask any guests on the podcast is if there was anything you could change about Kansas City, anything at all, what would it be? If you had the power to change anything, what would you change? That's a tough one because I for a very brief time, I moved to California and I quickly came back to Kansas City. I mean, now, you know, it is getting busier. I mean, Amber and I have lived here for several years, but I think, I mean, everyone and then our parents lived in Atlanta for a brief time and it just, people are so friendly here. Everything is just very convenient. Living in different places and visiting our parents, I just, I don't think there's any place like Kansas City that just it's a friendly environment and um, everything is very convenient to you. So yeah, that's tough. I don't know what I would change. I, I would say I'm kind of a proponent of having a stadium or two downtown. 
to to really revitalize our downtown and you know now with the streetcar and everything i think that would be really fun i don't know what the tailgating would look like you know the with the parking situation but i i think that would be pretty cool to have that more central I think the conversation of at least uh, Kauffman Stadium being moved downtown constantly comes up, whether it's on this podcast or with coworkers or friends. I think especially now that has been a very common conversation um, amongst me and anyone. So I, I agree. It's very exciting to see how far our downtown has come over the last several years. And I think there's a lot of really exciting things to look forward to, but I do agree. I think it a stadium downtown, probably Kaufman would be a great addition. Yeah. Ian, is there anything you would want to change about it? Um, I mean, I've, I've lived here my whole life and um, I mean, it's, I can't really think of anything that I would change. I've always wanted to live downtown, but it's, it's quite expensive down there. So, and the, I mean, I, I, I don't drive anymore. So the, the parking issue doesn't really bother me anymore, but um the streetcar doesn't go everywhere, which um, would be nice if it was able to branch out across the city everywhere, because that would that would you know really improve you know transportation around the city. That would that would be great. Um, I mean that would be the only thing that I would change would be to have the streetcar go more places and also to go out to where I am, out to out to Miriam, Kansas, or out to my parents, and so we could all just hop on the streetcar and go to Kansas City. That'd be that'd be great. Ian, being in Miriam, Kansas, how long is your commute to work? Um, it's about 15 minutes. Not, not too bad. Actually, Ian, you bring up a good point about transportation. I think it would be good for maybe your listeners to hear about the transportation challenges for people with disabilities. Yeah, so I can, I can probably take that one. So, I mean, I used um, a few different transportation companies, um, Z-Trip and RideKC and a few others, to get around after I um, got rid of my car during the early year of the first year of the pandemic. Um, So I needed a way to get around to work and things. And I just, I mean, part of it is the the driver shortage and um, just the, you know, lingering effects of the pandemic on people not wanting to do that or just, just like logistical problems. But I had, you know, huge problems with um, drivers either arriving late, arriving early enough that I missed them, um, or just not showing up at all. Uh, I was consistently um, an hour or so late to work. I was consistently an hour to two hours late being picked up. I I once had a guy who arrived like 45 minutes early and then drove off, marked me a no-show because I wasn't even done at work. Didn't even know he was there because he didn't call me or anything. I also had some like bullying complaints from drivers and, and passengers. It, w- it was just not a good situation. So being able to have reliable transportation, you know, it, it's really important. And, you know, not just reliable transport, where, where you feel you know, comfortable, where you feel safe, where you feel that you are not going to be wondering, uh, when am I getting home? 
when am I getting picked up? Is the driver going to be nice? Are they going to be rude, standoffish? Are they going to be? And it was just, it was kind kind of a nightmare for a, a, a year and a half that I used them. And I recently switched to um, Johnson County Mental Health um, Right Service, which I was able to um, get on due to an exception, which was very nice, very, very nice of them. And um, so I, I use them now and they're much more reliable. But I mean, having having a form of public transportation or just like a, a ride service that would go around and pick everybody up at their door and take them straight there would be very beneficial to Kansas City as a whole, but also to people like me. So Johnson County Mental Health is offering a ride service for individuals? For, 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 the, for their clients. I did not know that. So that's at least good to hear that there is some other services out there. And I'm so sorry about your experiences with other ride apps. Okay. Right, 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 Casey. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. Hopefully that becomes less of an issue over time. And I think that's something as someone who drives everywhere and doesn't often think about any individual in a situation that goes without goes without a car, people in that fortunate situation don't often put themselves in other people's shoes. So mm-hmm. thank you for sharing that. Are there any other, you know, things that employees have had to overcome aside from, you know, getting to work? What are some of the other, you know, difficulties or even just learning experiences that any employee at the Golden Scoop has to, you know, learn and kind of get over the the learning curve? I don't think we, there's really been anything. I mean, we we definitely make um, accommodation. We make a lot of accommodations if they struggle in areas, but we do push them, uh, you know, outside their limits a little bit because we know that they're capable. And it kind of goes back to my story of, you know, we had staff that were hiding behind, you know, walls and wanting to scoop in the back or sit at the back table and sticker lids. And now they're, you know, customer facing, or, you know, we have, we have an individual who was frightened of chemicals and, you know, we slowly were like, just get a towel wet and wipe the tables. And I don't know, it was probably two months ago. And he was like, I want to do the dishes and the dishes obviously have chemicals in it. And he did it. So a lot of it has been, you know, on their own terms in areas that they want to do better in. We haven't really pushed them to do things that they don't want to do. We've made a lot of accommodations, but a lot of things they've just, they've done on their own, which is really cool. And I think it's just watching, you know, their other coworkers, you know, and the things that they can do too. So Yeah. And I I think that also speaks to the work environment that you guys are creating for your employees when employees feel comfortable and feel able that they can push themselves and can be pushed without fear of judgment or, you know, fear of failure. And so it's great that you guys have created this workspace where people can learn more and finding things that they enjoy that maybe they didn't before because they had never tried it. And so it's so great that you guys are creating the sense of community in and outside of your business where people can continue to, to work on those things. And since we have Ian here, he's been piloting a mentor program for us. So Lindsay and Katie, who's a one of our support staff, 
um, an employee at the scoop, they put together a questionnaire and they sent it out to the families to do it with their son or daughter. And, you know, some of the questions are like, what are you passionate about? What are your interests? You know, what would you like to work on? Things of that nature. And Ian, um, you know, let us know that he's really into creative writing and he got an English degree from Pittsburgh State University and, you know, wanted to tap more into those talents. I, I graduated from Pittsburgh State in 2015 uh, with a degree in English. And um, I mean, that was that was a journey in itself, just those those five, almost six years. And I got my degree and I spent the next six years bouncing around from from different jobs that weren't um, anywhere in my my field, like cashier and a telemarketer and an insurance salesperson, but I finally came here and they, uh, after a, about six months, Amber and Lindsay said that they wanted me to start working on their website and to start writing for it, start writing a blog. And so I, I did that and I've, I've been doing it ever since. That's my, it's my second job with them and it's really fun. And then I'm um, on the side. One of the goals, desires that I have is to eventually publish a book. So I'm currently writing a, a children's book on the side and uh, that's, that's really fun. I'm hoping to get that published in a year or two. So it's just been a really interesting journey that's taken me in a whole bunch of different, whole bunch of different directions, whole bunch of different places. And I hope that my, that my, my venture with the Golden Scoop, my journey here will be either, either a stepping stone along the way to something, you know, even, even more, you know, like f f fulfilling in my goals in life or whether this is a place that I can stay and help them w wherever that journey leads. Um, it's, it's just been a really, really interesting opportunity for me to both hone my skills and to offer them to others. So it's just been, it's been a really fun thing. It's always great to have, especially when you are creative, it's always nice to have a creative outlet on the side. So being able to use your writing skills and then, you know, being able to use it also towards the golden scoop is a really great combination of creativity and artistry, but also towards continuing your career and expanding on that as well. And Amber, you mentioned a mentor program. I, I would love to hear more about that and what, what goes into the mentor program. Yeah, so it we've just been piloting with Ian, and Ian has three mentors. Um, one is our creative director, David Thornhill. Um, so him and Ian had been working, have been working together on different like marketing and advertising projects. And Ian assisted David with the launch of our ice cream at KU. So they came up with all these sayings and we put up vertical banners and things of that nature. Um, and then he's working with um, one of our super scoopers moms. She's been kind of a, a coach and helping him with his, his writing um, specifically the book, I think that he was talking about um, mm -hmm. and maybe some other things too. And then uh, one of our volunteers, Joe, he's a IT guy with Cerner and he stepped up and he's taught Ian how to make updates to our website. Um, so they just do, you know, virtual calls every now and then. So Ian and Joe have worked together to update uh, our menu tab on our website. 
They made a Meet the Scoopers page. Uh, that was really cool. Very personal. You could, I mean, you you definitely learned a lot about the the super scoopers. And so when you would come into the shop or when you come into the shop, you you know, oh, Austin, you like soccer, you know, and you can strike up a conversation about soccer or something like that. So that that's really cool. That that uh, Meet the Scoopers page was probably my favorite part. The, 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 the juxtaposition of the cartoon avatars and the real faces. <laughs> um, and then and then that fu- that fun little bio that drops down. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's great. It was, a lot of, it, it was a lot of fun to make. Blog posts are amazing. The visuals you get when reading the blog posts, um, it's like you're there. I mean, it's really, they're very descriptive and mm-hmm. they're fun to read. Yeah. Just talking about all this, I just think it's really cool to just to see how far Ian has come. You know, I mean, I, Ian, I remember we put you on the register, you know, day one and you had a bad experience at another employer with the register. And we tell all of our staff that it is okay to fail. It is okay to make mistakes. You're not going to learn if you don't. And now he's designing our website and writing our blogs and doing things he's passionate about. So all those success stories are just really, really cool. So just in what, 14 months or so, just how far you've come. That's so great. I, I trying anything new can be very scary. And I have a lot of respect for anyone that works a cash register because I think everyone, ha- I have witnessed some like crazy incidences where I just can't fathom how rude people have been to individuals behind a cash register in, in grocery stores and anywhere. And so I have a lot of respect for anyone that is working a cash register and has the patience and the kindness to deal with people who, (laughs) who can be, um, you know, less than kind. So I hope that, um, I hope that no one experiences that at the golden scoop, but I, I think, you know, I, I've definitely bear witness to people in other establishments who have, who have not been kind. So again, I have a lot of respect for anyone that works behind the counter because dealing with unkind people is never fun. So it it, it should be a rite of passage. Everybody. (laughs) Agreed. It's one of the most intimidating workstations. I wish there were ways that people could really put themselves in other people's shoes and Mm -hmm. truly understand what goes into certain situations or certain jobs or anything like that. Because I think we would all have a lot more respect for each other, a lot more kindness and empathy, and just understanding if people were able to take themselves out of their own situation. I will say, and I think Lindsay and Ian Ian would probably agree, but all of our customers have been very supportive and understanding because we have some super scoopers. It takes them a little longer to count back change, but we want them to take the time to learn how to do it right. And we have somebody there right next to them to make sure that they're counting it back correctly. But the customers on the other side of the counter are very patient and they understand that this is this is a learning environment and you know so we want them to be set up for success and they feel the exact same way that's so great and so in terms of the future of the golden scoop what are some things that are coming up and where do you see the future of of the golden scoop going well, like Lindsay said, we, uh, we've run out of room, so we need commercial kitchen space. Our wholesale business, as well as our catering, has really grown. So now with us selling our ice cream at KU Health System, and then we just launched selling our ice cream at Children's Mercy last week, and we anticipate 
more orders coming and more clients coming on board to sell our ice cream inside their venues where we definitely need commercial kitchen space. And we have surrounded ourselves with um, a lot of smart business people. Um, I have a business background, but when you're talking business modeling and all that kind of stuff, you know, I, I think we do a good job of just recognizing our strengths and weaknesses. And when we identify weaknesses, we definitely reach out to people that know more than us because we don't want to get in the way of the mission growing. That's what we've done. I mean, between our board and other people that have offered uh, their time and talents in certain areas, we are leaning on them to help us scale this. So we employ more people with disabilities. Congrats on opening your spot in Children's Mercy. That's so exciting to see you guys continue to grow and just continue with this initiative. And I I hope that you're everywhere. I just want you guys to have like a hundred locations and being able (laughs) to continue to do this. (laughs) Thank you. And I think Ian mentioned earlier a s'mores flavor coming in the fall. Did I hear that correctly? Yep. S'mores is in the fall is my absolute go-to a I'll take a s'mores latte, s'mores ice cream, a s'more itself. So uh, that will be very exciting. Are there any other flavors you guys are currently working on adding to your menu? The, the s'mores is actually the August flavor of the month, but if it's a big seller, it does sound like a good fall one, but we did just add um, nutty buddies. Um, so it's a nutter butter ice cream and it is flying off the shelves. So <laughs> that sounds delicious. So for Anyone who hasn't been to the Golden Scoop uh, yet, where can people find your store? And then any social media, where can people follow along and keep up with all of the upcoming news? So we're at um, 95th and Knoll. Um, We are on the southwest corner um, in the same shopping center as Sprouts. We're kind of tucked back in the corner. We're in between Orange Theory and the nail salon. So you can go work out and then come over and have some ice cream. Um, (laughs) And then you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at the Golden Scoop KC. And we are on LinkedIn as well. Go check out our website, thegoldenscoop.org and read uh, Ian's blog posts. Yes. And yeah, I was going to say, I was looking at the website earlier and reading the bios of super scoopers. And I real I love how much thought and detail is in your website because it really makes, you know, anyone feel like they're a part of the family at the golden scoop and that they really know you guys. And so it's, I think it's so great just for, again, going back to that sense of community, kind of furthering customers and any individual, you know, feeling like they're a part of the family and getting to learn more about the staff. And even Lindsay and Amber, both your backgrounds are on there and just some information about you. So it's really great how much information you guys offer about the establishment as a whole. And I think how much love and joy goes into what you're doing and the overall business. Thank you. Well, everyone should go follow you guys on social media. Obviously go check out your ice cream and all the flavors of the month. That's so fun having a new flavor every month. That's a great way to keep people coming back if they aren't coming back already just to uh, find something new. And as always, listeners can follow me on Instagram at KC by Sari. And we will see you next week. Casey Confidential. K
Casey's Confidential. Hey, Ooh. Kansas City's best. Ooh, Casey Confidential. School papa pira papa pa Casey's Confidential.